I'm Darcy Armstrong. And I'm Lauren Mobley. We're just two animal enthusiasts looking for something to do during these crazy times. The real news, though important, can be a lot. So we're we're here to provide a break with short, silly stories about our favorite furry, scaly, feathery, and slimy friends. This is another breed of news. So, so Darce, um, how's Sheldon? Sheldon, for uh, any new listeners, though I doubt we have any new listeners per se, but uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar with uh, my pet bearded dragon, uh, my bearded dragon's name is Sheldon. Uh, she is a she and is anywhere from eight to like 12 years old. I don't know, she's elderly, so, you know, that's all you need to know. But uh, winter is an interesting time being a bearded dragon um, parent because, you know, it's drafty in the apartment and uh, they're usually going into a state of brumation, which is like, you know, um, kind of like a hibernation, but, you know, more lizard specific. So, uh, yeah, yesterday I got the uh, grand idea to completely revamp her entire tank. And, okay, um, so I'm going to interrupt you just for people who might not know you. I think you probably revamp Shelly's tank, what, once every other month? I mean, if our friends joke that if we could choose what we were to come back as, um, we'd want to come back as one of Darcy's pets because she is like the most doting lizard mom in the planet. Well, I wish someone would tell Sheldon that because uh, she hates me and um, hates doesn't everything that I do. Hoping that is a sign of love. Every effort I offer up to her, she just takes a giant lizard dump on, uh, literally. Um, but no, yeah, it it, it is a. Um, kind of constant and manic endeavor in my life to try and like pimp her reptile enclosure so to say tv show pimp my aquarium yeah basically um but uh this time around like okay it's not like i was adding anything into it i i literally just like took her tank set up which you know with all of her rocks and like climbing branches hammock Yes, you heard my hammock. Yes. Handwoven by Darcy. No, okay. So I did I had previously handwoven a hammock for her because I was too cheap to buy one from the reptile store. Uh, I was like, I could do this myself with a bunch of hemp. And like I love hemp bracelet making. So why not make my lizard a hemp hammock with like a little ramp that goes why up not? and um, yeah, that lasted approximately two weeks before I decided I hated it and she wasn't using it and it was just not easy to keep clean. And um, so, yeah, numerous hours of labor just down the drain. Um, and I eventually did what I said I wasn't going to do. And I caved in and I bought a proper lizard hammock, which she still doesn't really use unless I put her up there. But I don't know. You know, it's 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 Found still style. It's fine. But um no, yeah, basically uh it with lizards you have to um keep very consistent and specific like temperature gradients throughout their housing, um, because they need like one side to be 
you know, hot enough that they can bask over there. And, you know, it gives them the, the proper heat to digest their food and, you know, um, keep their skin nice and healthy. And then the other side of the tank is supposed to be at a colder temperature um, gradient so that they can, you know, scuttle over there when they, you know, have had enough of the sun. Um, <laughs> and uh, so basically I've always had a really hard time keeping consistent temperatures. Uh, I think because my apartment is old and drafty and the windows suck. So I decided like to switch it all around in an attempt to keep the hot side hot enough and the cool side closer to the windows so that it doesn't matter as much. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It makes a lot more sense in my head <laughs> than saying it I'm following you. Which is exactly every project that I have ever undertaken <laughs> for any pet. It's always like, Oh yeah, this is super simple and easy, like laying it out in my brain and like three weeks later, you're sobbing, rocking back and yeah. forth. Why did I get myself yeah. into this? Three weeks later, I'm in a Menards wandering around for like three hours, wondering what I've done to myself as I have like <laughs> all these different contraptions sitting in the cart that I th like delude myself into thinking I'm a handyman. Like I can do this and build this ridiculous thing to try and better this creature's life but what thanks do i get i just get pooped on that's the thanks i get uh anyways but no yeah the uh, one of the other little projects i have for sheldon is a um sandbox so to say uh because she is a female and she does a lot of like scratching and digging in her enclosure and i took that to be a sign of maybe she wants to lay some eggs they'd be infertile but you know, it's a very real thing for uh, female bearded dragons that sometimes in life they just spontaneously need to get lay out. eggs. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, terrifying thought. I'm very yeah. And, and <laughs> that's not. I, how I, had, I have been the human keeper of three different bearded dragons, and not one of them ever laid eggs. And like. That, that concerns me of like, okay, is this actually a pretty common thing that happens with lizards that they're just, you know, laying eggs willy nilly? Or was I doing something wrong with my past lizards that they just didn't decide to lay eggs? So I finally took it upon myself this year to make a dig box just in case. Um, what does Sheldon think of it? You, you ask yourself, um, she hates it. She doesn't understand what the purpose of it is um you know i'm lucky if she will just like sit quietly in there and like tolerate it um but most of the time she's trying to escape and uh then yesterday i decided to try and have her in there for a few hours to get her acclimated to it again and um well yeah she just basically kept trying to escape and so i was watching a bunch of youtube videos about how other people go about this you know dig box endeavor and uh yeah, basically ended up covered in dirt a few hours later because I decided to take out a bunch of the dirt, take out the pre-made structure I'd put in there for her to try and dig into so that she doesn't like cave in if she decides to dig a tunnel. Um, yeah, and then that launched into me cleaning her tank and then swapping everything. So, you know, I uh, I think I should be good for the next couple of weeks in terms of like trying to be gung-ho proactive about anything on that creature's behalf um you know outside of like feeding her and I mean whatnot. you have a lizard that weighs how many what how much two pounds he's a little chubbier um I'd say 
I mean, the weight specifically doesn't really matter. I guess the point I was going to say. It's usually like a pound and three ounces. Okay. Was oh that God. you have a tiny creature and you put so much energy into her, whereas I have a, you know, 20 pound dog. <laughs> just I feed her, I walk her, I snuggle her, I play with her. We're good. We're done. But I guess it's much easier to read a dog's needs and reactions than yeah, a lizard. Absolutely. So it's probably yeah. not a fair comparison. Yes, but... That being said, like, so my lizard is perfectly content just, like, sitting and doing nothing, apparently. Dogs, like, you have to keep them entertained. You have to I keep them, like, happy, he, like, he, read their emotions. Maybe um, it's the benefit of having an older dog. But, like, yesterday, um, for those of you who don't know, I have a nine-ish-year-old terrier mix rescue both of our pets are rescues we're big into the rescue pets um fed her for about three years now she's the best but last night um i made the mistake of watching the desolation of smaug which ah, yes oh, so bad i have so many things but that's not <laughs> the point of this podcast so i was watching that had a puzzle going jenna was you know my roommate was in her back room and so I think Granger's just very used to having somebody to snuggle with her on the couch um, mm -hmm. because she was very restless and just like pacing back and forth. I let her out. I tried to play with her and she was trying to like climb onto my lap. And so then I was like, okay, 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 fine, fine. So I go over to the couch with her and lay down and, you know, the last half hour of the movie and she was perfectly content. It was, it was very sweet, but it did make me chuckle, make me chuckle because earlier in the day I have an L shaped couch. Um, and I was sitting on like laying across the short side of the L of the couch. Mm -hmm. And on that spot, she has, you know, her little cloud pillow <laughs> that I found at Target in the children's Which I section. definitely want one for myself. <laughs> it's um, like this little, for those, so it's like this little poofy, it's like a little poof. And again, it was from the children's room section at Target. So it's very clearly supposed to be for a child, but I got it as a dog bed for my dog because she's spoiled. I have no no justification beyond that. So that sits on the couch, which as I say that now I'm thinking how that sounds, that she has a little dog yeah. bed that goes on the couch. <laughs> she deserves it more than human children. You know, it's going to a better use with her. It's so true. She adores it. Um, so I'm like laying across her little cloud pillow and my legs are sticking out behind me and they're one of them is like draped over the little stairs that she has to get onto the couch. <laughs> which again, I'm really hearing this out loud. <laughs> um, but that's good for her back. So I'm not gonna feel bad about that one. That's just smart pet, pet ownership. So um, I'm text, I was probably texting you to be honest. I'm texting and then I just feel like this batting on my leg and I look back and she has like her paw like hitting my leg, like, come on mama, you, you gotta move. This isn't how it's done. Just staring at me like, come on. So. That gave me that gave me a good chuckle, but again, very easy to read her emotions versus yeah. Shelly, who, uh, yeah, it'd be harder with the lizard. Sheldon's lucky I mean, to have I, you. I've been pretty good at reading certain emotions of hers, um, like sleepiness and um, uh, outright rage at my very presence. Um, basically, like. <laughs> me or my partner Mike will walk into the room and like look at her from across the room and she'll start huffing and puffing her beard and be like oh god you're back again um so that's yeah that's the main two emotions um 
yeah, and that you know, that's all you really need to know, right? Fair enough. <laughs> when an well, animal is angry at you or uh, about to fall asleep. Yeah, it makes sense. I just feel like it's, you know, one of those posters where they have all the faces of the different emotions for, for bearded lizards. It would just be like anger, happiness, hunger, and it would yeah. just be the same face. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's all you need to know. <laughs> so should we dive into our stories? We should. Okay. I, went, I think I went first last week. Would you like to go first this sure. time? That's fine. So how this is going to work, um, Darcy and I each have an animal news story to share. We don't know what each other is going to talk about. So we'll um, take turns, give a synopsis of our story, and then we'll chat about them. And Darcy, I have something that I'm going to do because you are definitely the go the uh what's the word I'm looking where is this going my anxiety is spiking oh, no 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 this is a good thing like uh, i can share animal good. stories with you and you'll be like oh yeah i read about that like you you know your animal news and so it's my personal goal to find one that you haven't heard of so i'm going to start keeping oh, track every goodness. time i share the story and you haven't heard of it i get a point and every time i share a story and you've heard of it you get a point there is no like winner. It. There is no loser. This is just my mm -hmm. way to have a little bit of fun. Right. Okay. So my news story um, is from a publication that my family gets called The Week. It's a magazine. Um, and they have something that they release every Thursday called It Wasn't All Bad Newsletter. So it's like positive stories in the news. Mm -hmm. And obviously mm -hmm. there are often animal stories in yeah. that section. So this was um, published on January 13th, 2021, and the headline is, Woman Starts a Sanctuary at Her Home After a Goat Wandered Up Her Driveway. Does this sound okay. familiar to you at all? Nope. Beyond being like a life dream of yours now that you've heard it? Yeah, aside from like, oh, she beat me to the punch. <laughs> um, Darcy and I both have a special place in our heart for goats, so I'm sure that yeah. we can explore that more in a moment. Mm -hmm. So a quick synopsis, when Marvin the goat wandered up Megan Frederick's driveway seven years ago, little did he know he'd found his forever home. Frederick mm -hmm. thinks Marvin um, lived at a summer camp and had been abandoned in the woods. Boo. What? <laughs> I know. So quickly falling in love with Marvin, Frederick and her, did I say Friedrich earlier? I meant to say Frederick. And her husband decided to open a goat sanctuary at their home. Um, the Frederick farm goat rescue is currently home to eight goats, chickens, and a variety of dogs. It is open to visitors both in person and virtually. And where, where does this take, where is this rescue located? Um, that is a great question. I actually have quite a few things to share with you that has to do with their website. So I'm just going to look on their website. Oh, it's in New York. Ah. In Napanock, New York. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So um, is this a road trip once, you know, the world opens yeah. back up again? That's actually an incredible idea. Like road trip specifically designed around visiting animal sanctuaries. Wouldn't that oh be lovely? God. Can we do animal sanctuaries and like taco places? Like, yes, I think that would be <laughs> ideal. Yes. I love so it. Um, I went online to do some digging into this goat sanctuary and oh man this place it looks amazing mm -hmm. so i want to i'm going to share my screen with you and we can kind of describe what we're looking at um first of all the goats there 
all have names and a little profile picture. Aww. There's Marvin. Marvin's a little Aww. white. Yeah. <laughs> Frederickfarmgoats.com. Here they all are. Oh my gosh. Look I at all know. these. They're pretty oh, that one's smiling. I mean, their eyes. I mean, oh, that one is too. They just, they have such soulful eyes. They're like cows. They look at you and they just, they're so happy. It's funny you say that because most people who hate goats cite the reason of their eyes are scary. Like, I think most humans are not used to the idea that there are animals who have eyes that look anything other than like a dog's eyes or a cat's eyes. And goats have very weird eyeballs. Like, don't get me wrong. I love it. Do um, they have really good but, periphery vision? Is that why they're so far on the edges of their head? Is that a thing? You know, I I used to know what the reason was behind, like, the way that their iris is formed or whatever. But, I, of course, when it actually becomes important for me to share that information, I <laughs> literally can't remember what the reason is. But, uh, oh, well, my goodness. I mean, we're so talking about their eyes. But, honestly, these pictures of Suki and uh, Eva with the big smile and their eyes closed, like, they're melting yeah. my heart. Oh, precious mm -hmm. ginger so that was the first thing now this place offers quite a bit of activities you can do with these goats do any of these find, sound appealing snowshoeing with the rescue goats Aww. and yes there are pictures of the goats leading the snowshoers along oh have you ever heard of goat yoga yes and I've like never actually like done yoga. And I think that I want to save myself for actually giving it a whirl until I can find a place, you know, within a reasonable distance where I can do it with a goat. Because, oh. you know, it, it's going to be like, I'm not a very flexible person or coordinated. And so if I'm going to try something like yoga and fail at it for the first time, I'd like to have the comfort of a goat who, uh, you know, is, I, I kind of have the opposite. I can also feeling. blame them for why I'm bad at it because I can be like, oh, he just kept, you know, jumping on and me. That's I'm out of so that, that's the op I have the opposite reaction in that, I mean, yoga sounds horrible to me to begin with just because I'm incredibly not flexible. And mm -hmm. every time I've seen pictures of goat yoga, they're like climbing all over you. And I don't, I don't need that. I can barely hold myself up. I can't, I don't want to hold myself and a goat up while I'm trying these poses for the first time. Now, but, if it was like a baby goat, less problematic. A full-grown goat is at least the size of a small dog, or like a medium-sized dog. Well, you see these, I've seen videos of people like using their pets as their as their weights and stuff when they exercise. Maybe I just need to practice with Gigi first, like put her on my back while I try some push-ups to just like work myself up to being prepared to do it with a goat. Yeah, she'll be thrilled with that, I'm sure. Like this old lady dog who just likes to sit a lot. Yeah, she's going to love being hoisted into the air. If it means she gets to snuggle with mama, even if it's in a weird way, we all know she'll do it. That's fair. Yeah, she does like to lay on your butt quite often. So Thank you for sharing she's cool that. with that. Yeah. Um, and they offer goat therapy, which forget goat yoga. I would do the goat therapy in a moment. Yeah. So um, cute. I'd love to tell a goat my worries. <laughs> and I'm sure they're really good listeners. 
Yeah. The one thing that I think I would have an issue with in terms of like hanging out with a goat for an extended period of time is they don't smell great. Um, and I, I'm very tolerant of animal smells. Um, uh, I had a cat named Frisky who in his elderly age um, had a lot of incontinence issues. And I put up with a lot in terms of messes from that cat and uh, just what came out of his butthole. Um, is, so like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not squeamish, but goat smell is a very pungent. You know, the reason odor. it's not a candle. Can we, can we agree yeah. with that? Like, I, back when I still did archaeology, there was this one site we were digging on somebody's goat farm and, oh my God, one of the most fun times of my life because they had all these goats and they were always escaping. So like half of the work day, I just spent actually wrangling goats, um, you know, instead of actually doing my job, which was. <laughs> oodles of fun but uh they also had like barn kittens and a couple dogs but um I did always come home from working there reeking of and the reason why goats smell is because um male goats in order to attract a female goat will piss into their beards they can I mean, direct they they're not doing that all the time I mean I, I'd assume during mating season at least but like it's just everything was saturated with the scent of goat urine. Like I would go home and like take off my work clothes and realize that I still smelled like the goats. And, it's and not that like worked to like, attract Mike? <laughs> yeah, it, it, like, it's not like I was, you know, like snuggling up to them all day. Like it was just because uh, the air we all know you were. Arm reeked of goat urine and just, you know, I'll say this, um, I have a, you know, low goat cheese eating tolerance because of it to this day. Like hmm. goat cheese is great. Don't get me wrong. But after like the fifth bite, I do start to remember that smell and can't get it out of my mind. So I, I don't know. I get it. I get it. We all have those scent memories. I'm also the kind of person who will suffer a lot in order to interact with an animal so who am i kidding like of course i would still do goat yoga and go to this <laughs> sanctuary and well the reason, with them. the reason the story caught my eye beyond our mutual love for goats even though they are kind of jerks to be fair they i've seen some pretty yeah. unkind goats um is it reminded me of that story that we saw years ago about the guy well, two stories, the one about the goats that just like descended on a town and people were like, where do these goats come from? But then the one about the goats who um, were being hired out by <laughs> that man to like uh, eat people's lawn and stuff like that and to get fields, yeah. the grass down. And I think that it was that story in particular that years ago fueled our like, maybe we should make a podcast about these crazy stories we hear. Um, so that's the number one reason this story caught my eye. And the number two reason is like, I just love that Megan's husband was just like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's make this goat sanctuary. And the way that the story yeah, was told, like, idea, didn't even bat an eye because um, I should have said that, I think at the beginning I said that the sanctuary started about seven years ago, but for some reason, I think they were on like Good Morning America recently. And that's why the story was in the recent news. But the way that it was told was like, the husband was just like, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. Find yourself a partner if you're looking for someone who will go along with these crazy shenanigans. Yep. 
I, I literally did have a conversation with Mike earlier today. He, he was like, okay, uh, I'll, I'll give you a preposition or proposition. Proposition. One of those words. Um, he was like, if I am allowed to have um, such and such rooms, God, now I can't remember what he was asking for. I think he was asking for like several kitchens um, and like specifically a shop to work on classic cars. He's like, if I can have these things in a dream house someday, I will allow you to have a greenhouse filled with rescued lizards. <laughs> I was like, you, what do you mean you'll allow me? Like, come on. Like, I know that you are, you he know, is a great advertising this to me under the guise of like, I get some things and you get some things, but like we would both benefit from all of these lizards. So really like you're getting two things or multiple things, and I'm still just getting... Well, he's a good cook, so you get the so, benefit of him making all the meals. Yes, but I take that as a sign that if I do ever decide to take the plunge someday and actually open my own rescue, which um, I'm not saying is not going to happen, but at this point in my life, I realize that it would be a ridiculous and probably terrible idea. But basically he just said that it's okay for me to do that so i think the only reason it would be a bad idea is because every single animal that came into your rescue would become a foster fail because you would just adopt them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so what story do you have i'm giving myself a point because yes i had a story you didn't know about definitely hadn't heard that one um oh my god those goats <sighs> so cute um okay so this week i had been seeing multiple different news sources um, reporting on this incident that was occurring in Australia that at first, like I, you know, uh, th they had been like sharing different developments throughout the week. Um, but I didn't like initially want to cover the story because it seemed kind of depressing to me. And I was like, well, I don't really want to like bring everybody down by sharing this. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep my eyes peeled for other funnier, you know, animal stories. But then Friday I saw um, AP, the AP news uh, come out with a report about this same story from Australia, but with the best happiest uh, end results. So okay. I decided that it would be okay to share it because in fact, it is not, depressing anymore um, so we're getting the disney version of the story not the grim fairy tale version yeah it's it's the uh the happy ending i wasn't expecting okay. out of this um given okay so like australia has a ridiculous history both you know uh like all over the place like politically socially environmentally it's just crazy like they remind me a lot of the U.S. in many ways, um, but they have incredibly strict, um, like, uh, import-export rules. Um, Makes sense. And especially in regards to animals, because they've had a lot of mishaps mm -hmm. with, like, foreign species coming, like, hitching a ride on boats and stuff, and then Ill infiltrating the ecosystem and just, like, destroying local populations of different animals so like Such a sad that's thought. kind of where this story came out of but anyways uh like i said the ap news um is the source i'm you know getting this from um specifically the article is written by rod mcgurk 
Bikirk. Bikirk. <laughs> Sorry. I both ways. Yeah. Um, and uh, this, this came out on Friday of this past week. And uh, specifically, this took place in Canberra, Australia. And um, this is the opening line. A pigeon that Australia declared a biosecurity risk has received a reprieve after a U.S. bird organization declared its identifying leg band was fake. So a little bit of backstory. This was the article, like the headlines that I was seeing earlier in the week were like pigeon who had flown from United States all the way across the ocean to Australia is going to be executed. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and you know, in my, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, yeah, I suppose if it's like a U.S. born pigeon, yeah, they're probably concerned that it's carrying certain diseases and crap like that. Or maybe they wanted to dissect it to see why this pigeon specifically would, had such incredible stamina and like how can we use that to create super pigeons or something that's where my head space was at and uh it was in fact you know they were concerned about possible you know uh diseases or i don't know that it would mate with native pigeons and i don't know cause the apocalypse or something but um so yeah this this pigeon showed up in um somebody's backyard in melbourne uh, on December 26th, so day after Christmas, and it was thought at the time that they were found by this person that it was a racing pigeon um, that had come from Oregon. So the distance between Oregon of the United States and Melbourne is 13,000 kilometers, which is in our messed up American Far. system, 8,000 8, miles. Um, and it was thought to have been this pigeon that had gone missing from Oregon two months earlier. So they're like, oh my God, we found this pigeon, this escaped racing pigeon who flew 8,000 miles over the ocean to Australia. Which, hey, Disney. You know, Where's it, the if, if true, incredible feat. It's like the Charles Lindbergh of birds. Um, so Australian authorities um, were considering the bird as a disease risk and they were going to kill it, which... I understand, but like, um, it, yeah, was not pleased with because, you know, we don't want mm -hmm. more creatures. He did an incredible so. thing. He doesn't deserve to die. Um, anyways, though, there was this uh, sport development manager um, from the organization of American Racing Pigeons Union uh, who was able to determine that the, so like pigeons, when they're used for like different things, like carriers or racing they have the band like a plastic band um you know put around their ankles for identification and so this guy Dion Roberts from this racing pigeon union was able to determine that the one the band found on the pigeon who was found in Melbourne it was in fact fake and uh the the, the band the number on the band belonged to a pigeon from the United States, but it's not the bird that was found in Australia. So it gets a little confusing because you're like, okay, how does that happen? Um, so did one pigeon steal the other pigeon's identity and yeah, go on the land? Like, okay, what is this, you know, ridiculous Ocean's Eleven-esque con, bird con that's occurring? Um, so- Wait, the pigeon's robbing a casino? Man. Oh my God, that's great. way more interesting um, than I'm ever going to be. 
unfortunately, there is no casino in this story. So ultimately, this person was able to determine that the bird, in spite of the fact that its band said it came from America, like the band was a fake, so therefore the bird was not American and therefore did not need to be euthanized by Australian authorities. Um, Australia's agriculture department, uh, which is responsible for biosecurity, agreed that the pigeon dubbed Joe after U.S. President-elect Joe Biden, and and I quote, was wearing a fraudulent copy leg band. And I was like, this is the part of the article where I was like, oh my God. Of course, I just have this vision this, of some janky basement where like pigeons go to get their time. Feet. Like I was just like, this is now like it's bad enough. It's bad enough that we have a huge problem in our country right now. People thinking that the election was a fraud and that Joe Biden was is fraudulently going to become our president but now we have this poor bird who is being labeled a fraud is gonna almost be executed and they're like you know what would be a great name for this bird joe biden so funny <laughs> like and it is it is perfect but uh i do worry about what the conspiracy theorists of the world are going to read into this um i think the conspiracy anyway but uh so they they investigated i think the conspiracy theorists of the what? world are more uh wait what I think the conspiracy theorists of the world are more hey. concerned. Can you not hear me? Uh, you were cutting in and out a little bit. Yeah, I, I was saying, I think the conspiracy theorists of the world are more concerned with even crazier stories than the one about Joe for them to latch onto this and use it as fodder for their yeah. scary thoughts. But I was going to say earlier, I just have this vision in my head of some janky basement where like pigeons go to get their fake bands for their legs like somebody you know making fake ids for kids <laughs> like what's the like point of making ID. a fake band for a pigeon like what <laughs> what's the story behind that that's kind of where i want to know more so like at any rate um various lawmakers called for the pigeon to be pardoned um which is ridiculous um uh so the person who found the pigeon in the first place, and here's another fun little uh, dink. Um, so this guy from Melbourne, uh, Kevin Selly Bird is his name, or Kevin Chelly Bird, but his last name is either Selly Bird or Chelly Bird. Yes. The man has bird in his name. So clearly this was, this his was meant to be. Um, so he found this poor pigeon, Joe, emaciated in the backyard. Um, he was very pleased that, in fact, it is proving to be an Australian pigeon, so that way it's not going to be destroyed. He said, I thought this is just a feel-good story, and now you guys want to put this pigeon away, and I thought, it's not on, you know? You can't do that. There has got to be other options. <laughs> and so he had he himself had contacted the American Racing Pigeon Union to figure out, like, what the um, band on this bird's leg meant, and... Uh, so there, there was a different bird with a genuine leg band that had those genuine same markings as the fraudulent one. Um, and that bird had disappeared from a racetrack in Oregon on October 29th. Uh, but um, according to Lucas Kramer, that bird's owner, that bird did not have a racing record that would make it valuable enough to steal its identity. 
that bird didn't finish the race series. It didn't make any money. And so it's worthless, really. So question like, okay, if somebody in Australia is going around catching pigeons and the bird found in Australia was not even the kind of pigeon that you use for racing. So like, yeah, somebody was clearly trying to pass this off as like, I don't know if they were trying to like con somebody into thinking it was a valuable racing bird. Um, Cause there's like a number of Melbourne breeders um, who buy these pigeons, these racing birds online, and then will use them for their own, like, you know, nefarious means, you know, of like bird races or something like that. But like, yeah, I, the article still does not really clarify like why someone would go to these lengths to make it, it look like this bird from Australia was in fact the escaped one from Oregon when in fact the bird from Oregon was so it's shitty at his ass, job but I that it, it wouldn't apparently, yeah, be even worth it to his owner to reclaim. Okay, so um, we've got Joe the pigeon in Australia. Yeah. Do we know anything about this poor other pigeon whose owner is clearly like giving up on him? Has he been found? I do not believe he's been found. Um, and the article does not list a name for him. Perhaps I could do like a update on this in the future if I find out if Lucas. So there's this whole world of pigeon racing that yeah. I did not know existed. I did not know this either. I was aware that pigeons have many different jobs. Um, you know, other than just being um, apparently uh, rats with wings, which I know horrible, a lot of I think is what you meant to say. I love pigeons. Pigeons are great. <laughs> like, I mean, are they slightly terrifying when they descend on you as like a flock? Sure. But are they still adorable? Sure. I don't know. I just know that they make funny noises and they're very fat and uh, yeah, I think they're great. But uh, I did not know that they were capable of racing. No, I thought they were mostly- I thought that was a thing of the past, I guess. Mail delivery and uh, I don't know. What kind of Showing. regulations are there? I feel like they're birds. And so I bet there aren't like tons of regulate. They are birds. So I feel like there can't, there probably aren't a lot of regulations to make sure that they're being treated fairly and like they get their I'm rest. Sure just, sure this is actually not. making me very sad. Oh, God dang it. <laughs> this was supposed to be a happy story. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sure it's um not like if, even if you could like somehow teach a pigeon to like, race on a racetrack like I don't I don't understand how that's possible first of all like I don't I don't think it's in a pigeon's nature to be like competitive or know how to do a circuit <laughs> like but even if you could figure out how to do that I'm sure you are not like pampering them and like you know um treating them very nicely so if anything maybe this bird from Oregon is now living his best life because he escaped he escaped the, you know, the racetrack. He's out of the game. You know, he can go and find himself a nice pigeon lady or pigeon husband and uh, whatever he prefers and, and you know, just make a nice life for himself. Because um, clearly, uh, what's his pants? Lucas Kramer doesn't think he's worth nope. any money. <laughs> um, okay, so as we're talking about this, I had a sudden flash that I actually, I read a book I was previewing it for my classroom um, about a kid who's into pigeon racing. And uh, I'm trying to find the title of it, but as I was looking for the title of that one, I came across Gary by Leela Rudge. 
Um, Gary, a grounded racing pigeon, dreams of exploring the world until the day he falls into an adventure of his very own. You need to see the cover of this book. It's a pigeon atop a building holding a rolled up map under its wing. And it's got a little blue striped hat with a poof at the end. And he's like looking up at the other birds flying in the sky. What is this? I'm going to put this on hold at my library. Yeah, I might need to buy this for one of my nieces or nephews. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Most of the time, Gary is just like the other racing pigeons, eating and sleeping and dreaming of adventure. So this is, this is the pigeon in Oregon, just dreaming of adventure. Yeah. There's just one thing that separates him from the ordinary pigeons. He can't fly. Wait, how can he not fly if he's a racing pigeon? That's what I'm wondering is like, do pigeons race? Like, is it a foot race instead? Like, I'm sure it's not. Like, pigeons well, can, of course, use their wings. But, yeah, I don't. Pigeon. Like, maybe, maybe he had, like, a an injury. Like, he tore his ACL and, you know, now he's no good. Um, In the book, it was like they had to fly. But I, yeah. And according to Wikipedia, I just don't understand how you regulate it. Like, not even like how you, yeah, make sure that your pigeon has all its vaccinations and stuff and like has its license for racing, but more so like, is there a referee at these races? Like, how do they determine? Well, the, see, the, all the, of these things right? were talked about in that book that I right. read. I feel like I have to buy this for myself so that I answer my, my questions. I mean, I think it would be really easy to go down. Apparently I can't spell pigeon. Is there no D in pigeon? Nope. No. Um, I think it'd be very easy to fall down a rabbit hole of YouTube videos and articles about pigeon racing. So I once fell down a rabbit hole um, learning about their um, beaks and they often have like these weird, like almost, almost like calcified growths that they get on their beaks and it's actually apparently like a very desirable trait in certain like you know fancy pigeons um so yeah i could definitely see this being um what what i am reading about in the wee hours of tonight uh you know <laughs> 2 a.m i'm going to look into my good about later in racers <laughs> I'm going to look into my Goodreads later. I'm sure I have it in there, the book that I'm talking about, and I will update mm -hmm. everybody. At uh, any rate, so... So this, this Aussie Joe, which I think is what they are now going to be calling him. So this pigeon, um, you know, now that he gets to keep his life, which thank God somebody was quick enough to be like, hey, um, somebody is just trying to pull a really stupid con on you all, Australia. Um, at any rate, the bird apparently now is spending every day in this uh, Chelly or Selly bird's backyard. Um, he, sometimes he hangs out with a native dove on a pergola. So it sounds like he's leading a nice life. And um, uh, so yeah, like the, the article ends though in such like a strange way because it, they're they're trying to explain like you know that Australia is not just full of heartless animal haters like they they take their you know um, exotic species very seriously and uh, the important export mm -hmm. so they go on to end the article by um, saying that like the quarantine um, process for like any foreign animals coming into the country is very strict so like apparently in 2015. Um, the Australian government threatened to euthanize two Yorkshire Terriers named Pistol and Boo after they were smuggled into the country by none other than Johnny 
Depp and his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Um, luckily, when faced with a 50-hour deadline to leave Australia, the dogs were able to make it out on a chartered jet. <laughs> it's just, oh my God, like that, that part really got to me. I was like, they were scared of two Yorkshire Terriers. <laughs> well, that's okay. Like, they got I know Australia. And I can imagine like these dogs sipping their margaritas as they're, you know, taking off, just like, ha jokes on them. Humans were left behind. It's the dogs as the passengers living their best life. Yeah, just, oh my God. Like, and, but now I'm envisioning like, okay, what if Johnny Depp had successfully snuck in these Yorkies and like, God forbid, lost them or something. And like, just knowing Australia's luck, like, yeah, these two Yorkshire Terriers, could have possibly like started procreating and just like all of a sudden there's an army of Yorkies just <laughs> descending upon the outback and just decimating the ecosystem. Just, oh man, like I'm shocked, honestly, that that didn't happen in 2020. Like, yeah, well, I think, or maybe they just knew that Australia was going to have enough shit coming its yeah. way that they decided to save the Yorkies for 2021. Yeah, the universe was like, you know, we've put Australia through an outrageous amount this year. Maybe we'll hold off on the uh, terrier takeover for a couple more years. Well, I think but... that that will be our goal is to watch for those news stories coming out. Yeah. Yes, basically. Um, okay, Darcy, I think we need to start wrapping wrapping this yeah. up. I'm getting hungry. What? I'm getting hungry, which means my lizard probably needs to get fed first because... Are you going to use your miniature melon ball to try and entice her to eat? No, I bought that and uh, with huge plans of like uh, tricking her into thinking that any round object was a pea because she loves peas. Um, she actually got some yesterday. I used that melon baller maybe once or twice, and now it has no purpose because I quickly realized she's too smart for my tricks. That's funny. So, no, we are probably just going to uh, do our usual game of me tickling her mouth with a piece of, you know, leaf until she gets fed up and opens her mouth to swipe it away with her tongue, and then I sneak it in there. <laughs> Oh, at all. We'll have fun with that. Yeah, I'm sure I will. You have fun um, with your lovely dog who loves you and worships <laughs> you and will eat whatever you give her. No, that's debatable. Next week, I'll update everybody on the Granger's Clean Plate Club chart. Oh, yes. <laughs> I want visuals. I want to see how many she's... I, actually, I want to see what stickers she's favoring, but I will let you save that for next week. Oh boy, now you all have something to look forward to. Okay, see you later. Talk to you soon. All right, have a good one. Bye. Toodles.